0: Thank you. Welcome to NPI Tech Guys, your go-to radio show for cutting-edge managed IT services. Are you tired of unresponsive slow service from your current IT provider? Discover a world where network security, data protection, and expert support come together seamlessly. Stay tuned to learn how to transform your IT experience and never worry about downtime again. Call us at 866-986-NEWS. And let's make IT great together. Happy to have you along. Welcome back to Tech Watch. Hope you're all doing fantastic. Sam Bushman, your humble tech host. We keep an eye on tech so you don't have to. And Jay Harrison's with me. Welcome, sir. Hey, Sam. How's it going? Marvelous indeed, my friend. We talked about chat gpt last time in detail we talked about the pros and cons and primarily that you know what it's a wonderful tool if used properly uh but in reality the laws and legislation and reality in america is gonna have to catch up to the technology that's for sure and the technology is going viral that's for sure proof of the pudding kurt
1: or jay well, the proof is that they are releasing an iOS app. And I this has been a long time coming. I'm surprised they didn't do it sooner. Um, because they opened their AI, there's been a lot of knockoff people who have been using their AI and saying that their chat GPT... Uh, for iPhone, but they really, it wasn't official. And sometimes they were injecting ads and doing other things. Um, so they finally come out and say, and they have an iOS app. Now I actually have downloaded it and tried it on my iPhone. So uh, no word yet on an Android one. And this is us market only, but there is an official chat GPT app now.
0: Now, does it only have the
1: public GPT chat or does it support your uh, version four uh, paid account as well? It supports both, so you can use a free account. You can use a pro account, and if you have the pro account, you just there's a big slider at the top. You can flip between GPT 3.5 and the new 4. They've also added some new stuff with 4. There's some beta things you can turn on now, which includes live web browsing. So if you want... Um, you know, you want to ask it a question about the sports scores last night, it will normally just say, oh, I can't answer that question, you know, because my data is from 2021. But now it can actually go out and search the web, find the answer, similar to the way Bing's version of it works. But uh, you can add that as a, a beta in your pro account.
0: All right, to an, and to all the clowns who have created Chat GPT, and it's not really the official one. Just so you know, you know the GPT folks or the Open AI people can literally, you know, cut off your access in a heartbeat, and you'd have nothing. Also, the data sets will be continually updated by Chat GPT. That's the difference between three point five and four, anyway. Uh, to a great degree. I mean, there's more to it than just that. But my whole point is that, you know what, it's a data set discussion at some point. And if you're not very careful, you'll develop this um, capability or software that you either one-sell or have ads or whatever. And eventually you're going to get long in the tooth and or shut out of the mix. So be very careful of that, Jay.
1: Yeah, these things are short runs, I think, anyway. People know... That they're just cashing in on that gap between uh, now it's out and available and they have a, an API to interface it. But they knew that they had to know that it was coming. In fact, I, like I said, I I thought they took too long to get it to market anyway. I mean, you could have somebody code up an app for next to easy. I mean, especially when you have the kind of money coming in that ChatGPT and OpenAI have right now. No question about it anyway I recommend
0: the true blue chat GPT for real now that the official app of the iPhone's available and I really recommend if you use chat GPT a lot you know what Version four paying for it how much is it 20 bucks a month
1: That's right 20 bucks a month.
0: You know, in, in my opinion, that's a pretty dang good deal for the, for the uh, value that it is. If it, if it really provides you value, I would encourage you to pay for it. That's what will develop the next gen of any software is when you support it uh, financially, etc. That's when it gets good because that's when they have the money to continue development and, and uh, prosper this. And I know, you know, onesies, twosies, like me and you and small companies may not matter a whole lot. But you know what? It, it is important to support that which you believe in for sure.
1: Hey, and if if it can save you an hour or two's time in a month, it's probably worth it.
0: Man, it saves me a whole lot more than that for all kinds of reasons. Education on down, right? Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Um. There's kind of some sad news, but yet expected news. Jay?
1: Well, this is about Netflix. So, it's you know, Netflix has been around forever. We've talked about them a lot on the program here and there. And after 25 years, they're finally shutting down their DVD side. No more DVD rentals from Netflix.
0: It's kind of sad kind of good I kind of feel mixed you know when the internet's not working if there's a storm or something happens to the internet or whatever else or you got a bandwidth issue or you know then you kind of wish you did have a dvd you could break out and play still um it's nice to not have to have a big old cabinet of dvds and have your discs get scratched or somehow have your player not read right or whatever else so it's nice to have things in a digital library at the same time you know I was watching just the other day in the middle of a movie and all of a sudden my internet It said, well, there's no Internet to the Roku player. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I went to my computer. The Internet was fine. The Internet was great. Everything was good. I don't know how it lost Internet. Uh, We just rebooted the device, and it was back and perfect. But, again, sometimes the bandwidth is an issue. Uh, Sometimes the connectivity becomes a problem. And when that happens, you're just locked out of the server side of everything, right?
1: That's absolutely right. Now, Netflix said that at their peak, they had over 20 million subscribers to the DVD service. The number now has dwindled to 2 million, so about 10% of what it was. Uh, Their decision to end DVD rentals comes as the demand is waning, of course. And existing DVD rental subscribers will continue to get the service until it's a complete phase-out. But they are no longer accepting new subscribers for DVDs.
0: And how long the phase out uh, is depends. In my opinion, it'll just be a dollar and a cent's discussion. If they're having two million people do enough to where they say, hey, there's a big cash cow here that justifies including the shipping and everything else, and they may keep it. They may also increase some kind of a shipping thing on top of it or increase the cost if you still want that legacy service. But at some point, it will be a a reality of attrition. How long? You know what? Everybody always wants you to believe the demise is tomorrow. I, I predict it'll go on for longer than we think, but yet it won't last forever. All right, quick pause back in seconds on TechWatch. Back with you live. This is indeed Tech Watch. We keep an eye on tech so you don't have to. Uh, We've got a very interesting discussion to have.
1: Jay? Yes, sir. So um, one of the cool things that recently happened, everybody knows you get iOS updates all the time, and um, sometimes you don't even notice what they're for or, or why. They're just like, oh, random security bugs and fixes and who knows what. The secret sauce is getting updated, but now and oftentimes people don't even read the details.
0: They're just like, "Well, hey, I better upgrade so
1: I can keep up with it, right? Yeah, hopefully, exactly. it'll be faster and smarter and better, and hopefully, there'll be something cool for me, right?" Yeah, exactly. Um, I've seen people update because they were having a weird problem. I had this just today or, or this week. Somebody was having a problem where they couldn't get text messages. Uh, they weren't. They were going through sometimes these green bubbles, sometimes not at all. And I was like, "Hey, you got a software update here? Just update to the latest thing that may fix it." And of course, it did. So people will do that, too. They'll update. I I used to, I remember one of the first times I used Windows 10 from Windows 7. I was having a Windows 7 computer problem that just wouldn't fix. I don't even remember what the issue was. And I was like, well, at this point, I might as well just try Windows 10. And the upgrade to Windows 10 actually fixed the issue. So you have people that will upgrade like that, or that's the only time they'll upgrade.
0: Upgrades are important for that reason. Upgrades are also important to make sure that you have security. Uh, squared away oftentimes a uh, software that's long in the tooth has security concerns and holes and problems like that So upgrading for security reasons is important and you know, it always reminds me from a tech support point of view Whenever you're uh, got a problem with your computer, you know what close all your apps and reboot try it again uh, You know determine if it's just your computer or if it's some kind of a broader discussion, if, if you, you know, your colleagues are having the same problem, you know, do a little bit of uh, troubleshooting before you get to your IT people. That's yeah. not to say they can't help at any time, but it's always good to try the simple things first. Number one, you'll be up and running much faster, oftentimes, uh, usually there's a simple fix, but number two, then you'll at least have a little bit of information for those who are gonna help you too. It's like, no, I already rebooted. You know what, my colleague has this too, so it's not just me. You know, those little tidbits don't take very long. And uh, a lot of times they solve a problem, and other times they give a lot of good feedback that can make the the resolution much quicker. So that's just a side note, FYI. Uh, but back to the topic at hand, there is an update. You want to be on the latest iPhone? What is it? Sixteen point four point one?
1: Yep, sixteen point four. They're actually, I think they're at point four point five right now, but um, okay. that will keep changing. I mean, anytime you mention that at past sixteen point four, it's going to be dated. But, yeah,
0: and um, 16.4.1, though, I think is the one that has the feature we're about to talk about, is why I'm kind of saying
1: that as a minimum, right? Yeah, exactly. So now they had rolled this out before with uh, FaceTime calls and even like Skype calling, and that was the ability to have voice isolation for your phone calls. This is uh, artificial intelligence or just background um, monitoring and taking out all the background noise, or as much as it can, and and isolating your voice so people aren't hearing kids or traffic or road construction or anything else while you're on the phone. Um, now, they've done this. All you have to do to, to enable this to make it happen is um, make sure you're on the latest version of iOS, then make a phone call. And during the phone call, pull down the control panel and you'll see a mic mode. Tap that mic mode and select a voice isolation. After you do this, voice isol- isolation will be activated and it will become the default for all future calls. So you can Just do that one time, and now you have it. And uh, Sam and I have tested this, and it works pretty well, wouldn't you say?
0: Yes, there's three choices. Uh, By default, it's just what is it called, the main default one?
1: Standard mode.
0: Standard mode is the default. Now, I personally think they'll probably eventually go to isolation being the default. I'll get into why in just a second. Standard mode, then isolation, and then the third mode is a broad-spectrum mode. The broad-spectrum option is not really available uh, in just your regular phone app most of the time. It just depends on if you're making a regular phone call or if you're doing FaceTime. If you're on FaceTime, it will. And what it does is it uh, increases the background noise but gives you a much more like you're there sounding mode the standard mode is just normal sounds like a phone call but there's a lot of background noise um, this isolation mode literally takes out most background stuff and where it's most valuable is if you're in a restaurant that's loud or if you're at a basketball game or you know some event where it's really loud if you answer your phone very rarely can people hear you if you're in your car oftentimes and it's loud in your car or if somebody has music on in the background Very rarely can people even hear you. It's just like, man, we just can't hold this conversation hardly. If you turn on isolation mode, I'm not going to say you'll never hear any background noise because you'll hear some, but I'm telling you that it is night and day difference. Now, remember, you've got to be on a call before you swipe down from the top and bring up um, the controls, and then you've got to choose the mic mode uh, and then choose isolation. Um, You don't have to save it or anything. Once you just choose that, it stays that way until you change it. So you only got to do this once on a call, and then it stays that way. But this, in my opinion, is tremendous progress. I I predict eventually it will become probably the default at some point.
1: I would agree with that. I think they will. In fact, they'll just look at users, how many people have switched to this, and the more people learn about it when they do, it'll reach a critical mass number where they're just like, hey, everybody wants this on by default. Let's just make it happen.
0: Now, for those of you in tech, don't tell us, Sam, this isn't even new. What are you talking about it for? Look, we know it's been on FaceTime for a while. They rolled it out kind of silently, really. Um, at first. uh, And now it's made its way to the iPhone. So now the critical mass is going to start FaceTime is one thing, but most people don't even really know or don't use it and that kind of stuff. Uh, But now it's going to start to reach critical mass because, uh, you know, FaceTime, it's important, I guess. Uh, But if you're doing a lot of FaceTime, you know, people want to see and hear really, really well. This is more of a phone call thing. It doesn't restrict it to where it's bad audio. And it's not like an old POTS telephone audio. It's still better than that. But I'm telling you right now, it does an incredible job. And if you don't like it, just go ahead while you're on that same call. Just swipe down again, choose mic mode, and and choose it as standard.
1: Boom, it's just right back. It's really that simple to just change it once, and it stays the way you leave it. Another thing that um, they've been very cautious about rolling this out and just making sure that it all works well, and people have probably seen this also with – Um, the video stuff so you know how uh, I think Zoom probably pioneered this but where you could blur the background um, they started to bring that in to um, like FaceTime and things like that now your iOS in your uh, phones even in live video like if you're recording a commercial or you're recording somebody you can do that blur the background live while you're doing it on the fly and that's it's similar to that where they're doing that those adjustments on the fly and it's pretty cool.
0: It's really valuable because, again, they're realizing, you know, in the, in the old days, the recordings, the video, the audio, a lot of that, it was done in quiet environments. You know, hey, you, you made a phone call while you were in the office or in your home where it was fairly quiet. Uh, that video, it was done by production people who could control their environment pretty well. Now that everything has moved to the masses where it's audio and video and we're literally working from anywhere and all these different reasons. Now they're saying, hey, we have a need to say we don't need the background. Um, we don't want to give away information we ought not, number one. And number two, a blurring out the background makes you focus more on the center, which is you, or whatever the case may be, whatever you're showing. Uh, and when it comes to audio, hey, if you're on a train coming home from work or to work but you answer the phone, um, we want it to sound like you're at work or we want to sound like you're in an environment where you're ready to, to, you know, we want it to be professional. So this, in my opinion, is huge. I personally think everybody should just turn this on and leave it. If you don't like it, go ahead and turn it off if you don't feel like it's prime time. But I'm telling you right now, for me, on a voice phone call, um, I can't think of a downside to it, Jay.
1: I would agree. I I am the same way. I've been running it ever since I first discovered it. I tried it a couple of ways back and forth with a few people, and I've just left it on by default. It, It works wonders.
0: There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. We keep an eye on tech so you don't have to. Another edition of Tech Watch. We'll chat soon.